come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we have another topic that was requested by a listener. Thank you so much for sending in requests. We really appreciate hearing what you want to know. It helps us think of what to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're going to talk about setting up your classroom and organizing your classroom and also what to do if you're moving from another grade to kindergarten for the first time or if you've never taught kindergarten before, you're a brand new teacher. We'll give you some advice, hopefully all in like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go for it. (laughs) And we both have some experience with setting up a classroom because we're both doing it right now because you moved to a new town and I'm starting up a new job and we're both in the thick of it. How's it going? (laughs) Well, because I'm setting up a house at the same time, I'm really tired. (laughs) And so I have to be really organized every day of planning my day of what I'm going to do. Or I'm not going to get anything done. (laughs) Because I just have too much to do. Tell me what your plan sounds like. What, my day plan? Yeah. I just have to say what I'm going to do during this hour and what I'm going to do during this hour. Because I was going to say my plan for setting up my classroom is, okay, what can I bribe the children with to come over to the school one more time? (laughs) And when are they most likely to come over? Oh, they have swimming lessons. Okay, I'm going. Well, this is how it went this week. I made my calendar of when I was doing things and because I'm doing a presentation next week at a conference, and I have to give a talk in church. Those had to be my priorities after the 4th of July. And so I worked on those and I got both of those done and then I was gonna spend Thursday in my classroom. So did you spend Thursday in your classroom? Well, you see, I just found out that it isn't thir- that it's Thursday it's today. It's Thursday right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just found out it was Thursday. <laughs> I lost a whole day, and I lost the day I was going to work in the classroom for this week. So planning only works if you pay attention to the calendar. It's so hard when you're juggling so many balls in the air because I keep trying to tell myself, okay, you're only focusing on the blue ball and the green ball today. But in the back of my head, I'm always like, but the yellow ball and the purple ball, I'm going to drop them, I'm going to drop them. Was that a terrible I metaphor I just made? <laughs> anyway, so let's move on past our own stress. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about how we're getting the classrooms ready to go. Uh, okay. So I think one of my one of the ways I have to tackle it is I have to think about what's going to be the most important thing for me in the room as the teacher. What do I what do I, I need the most? And so I have to make sure that I have a good whole group area because we're going to be spending a lot of time in the whole group area. And for me, having a nice math center with lots of available materials and manipulatives that the kids can have access to is really important. I know that one's less important to you. <laughs> I know. Because you I'll like to hide the stuff. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm, I teach math differently than you. <laughs> you like to keep your stuff in the cabinet. I like to have it all accessible so I can just say, and today we're playing a game with counters and they're over there. Go get them. 
and a ri I need a place for them to write and I need a dramatic play area. So I've kind of been compartmentalizing the room for the most important things. And then frankly, that kind of makes the seating area for the students the last on my priority list because I figure I gotta find all these important areas first and if I can't find room for the tables, then I'll just go back and listen to Greg Smedley Warren's advice again <laughs> and do flexible seating. <laughs> he had some good advice on throwing your tables out if necessary. Well, luckily this year, so far on my list, I only have 12 students because I am now gonna teach transitional kindergarten for a whole new adventure in my life. Well, it's good you only have 12 and students because the room they gave you for transitional kindergarten <laughs> is about the size of a shoebox. I know. So. And so <laughs> I actually have room for the whole group table area that I like to have because I only need four little tables. So how do you approach setting up? I kind of approach it the same way. I think of what's most important to me and I feel like you... You're right, you have to start with this shared area, the carpet area, because that kind it's a big area. And so, and usually it's kind of set for you. Yeah, like in my classroom. Yeah, it's usually that there's something in the room that dictates where it's going to have to be. Yeah, there I have a I have a big whiteboard and so my whole group area has to go by this giant whiteboard. Whereas your whole group area well, my is classroom has a giant whiteboard, but it's across the classroom from a built-in stadium seating, where I have to have my whole group area. I'm kind of locked into that because it's built in. Yeah, so I think that that's the first thing you need to find out is what in your classroom do you have absolute zero choice yeah because there's things I, like windows and bulletin boards yeah. and covers that you just can't do anything about yeah i had no choice where my whole group area was going to be i could decide how small or big it was going to be and i had no choice where my teacher desk was going to be because the computer cords and the cords that go over to the smart board are only so long. Yes, I also have no choice where my teacher's desk will be because it is also built in, just like my whole group area. <laughs> and I also I cannot throw it out if I choose to because <laughs> it is built in. Yeah, so I think that's the very first thing to look at when you're doing a new classroom is you look in, you look at, what, okay, what well, even has been chosen for Well, even is going to dictate the so much because if you want to plug anything in, you have to put it where the outlets are. If you have iPads or cassette players or CD players or computers or anything that has to plug in, it has to go where the outlets are. Well, because I had to choose, I had where my teacher desk chosen for me and my whole group area chosen for me and the outlet clear across the room, I bought a really long, extension long, cord? long extension cord. Well, surge protector, because you can't use extension cords. And then did you tape it to the floor and, so no And then I gorilla it? taped it to the wall. I just, cl I clipped it along the edge of the wall with those little clips you can buy. Because you're in a trailer and your walls don't, don't matter so much, right? I, <laughs> I'm putting... I mean, you're stapling things to the wall, right? 
That's yeah, what you said. Pretty weird. I'm just, I'm just, my room has no bulletin boards. And so I'm just creating my own bulletin boards and I'm just stapling mm-hmm. <laughs> things to the wall. I'm just mm-hmm. like, here is where I want my bulletin board. And so I just got out my Velcro fabric and put it there and stapled there it go. on. And I'm like, I, oh, you know, I actually like this better than having a bulletin board <laughs> <laughs> told where they go. So. Anyway, I think that's the best way to attack your room. And then after that, after you put things where they have to be, is go to your next important things. Like to me, is my guided reading area. Yours sounds like it's probably your math area. And everybody has their own thing that is going to be the most important of of how it's going to be. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with management because I like to have all my materials in my math center out and available because that's how I manage my math lesson. I tell them what we're going to use for the day and where it is and then they go get it. Whereas you like to keep things in your cupboard and you organize them in totes and you get them out per lesson. But that's all just coming down to different styles of managing lessons and how you need to organize your stuff for management. I just have tubs that I fill with whatever manipulatives we're going to use and then put those away. I think it's because of space. I've just never had the right space for what you're saying. I have a math count, a cupboard with math manipulatives in it, in pull, little pull-out drawers, but I, well, and it's I, more, I, I use it for storage. I don't get everything out at once. I get out... Mm -hmm. a few manipulatives and activities that I get out at the beginning and I teach them how to use those a little bit at a time. And then when they get tired of those, I get out other things. It's just management. It's just a management. And so that's the kind of things when you're setting up your classroom, you need to think about. You need to think about what's important to you and how you want your classroom to run and how you want it to manage. The art center was something that I kind of wanted to set up how your Uh, math is set up however in my new classroom I don't have room for an art center I had to choose one center to kick out and so I kicked out art center because I don't have a sink (laughs) I don't have a bathroom and I figured that all of my art probably will be better to do whole group anyway I have enough other centers to rotate the kids through that I will probably just have art whole group because I only have 12 kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll probably make like an art basket. Mm-hmm. So for free choice, the kids will know where to go grab a basket and put on a table for for independent free choice art. So well, I certainly want to do that. You've done that before with other things when you don't have space in the room for something you want. You make a basket. Like if you don't have mm-hmm. room for a science center or a STEM center... You'd put the activities in a basket and then, uh, like, or make a group of STEM baskets and then put them out and when you're using it and then mm-hmm. store it when you're not using it. And that's it, kind right? of what I do with my math. I have about eight different math buckets that I use for morning buckets, basically. And the kids know where those are. And so during free choice, they will be able to go grab those buckets. So with anything that you decide to do and how you set up your room, you need to make sure that at the beginning of the year you allow yourself a lot of time to teach the procedures of where the things are. So because I'm going to have an art basket, then I want my students to know where I'm going to store that art basket. 
And so I'll give them practice with like at the beginning rotations with where that art basket is. And so if you don't have a great space for everything in your room, the, the baskets and the portable buckets and things will work well. And I will say, if you're moving from an older grade, like second or first grade, and you're moving to kindergarten, as someone who moved from first grade to kindergarten, that all this stuff about teaching where materials are and how to use materials and all that procedural stuff, if it took, uh, if it took a day in first grade, it'll take a month in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> So another thing that after my writing center, I wanted to make sure that I have a playhouse. And because the last time I moved, we built my playhouse on hinges, I can take it with me now. And I don't have to wave goodbye to the playhouse. And I really like that. And so I found a spot for the playhouse because of all the teaching that goes on in that playhouse. I do not want to let that go. So another area is the block center, and I'm really jealous of the, the cupboard thing that you found. We should stop calling it the block center. All of us early childhood and early elementary teachers, we should just collectively start calling it our block centers the STEM center. And now everyone, welcome to my classroom. Oh no, let's call it the engineering center. And now everyone, welcome to my engineering center. Look at all the engineering going on. <laughs> that is honestly true. I think we should all agree that that's what we're going to call it from now on. The engineering I think center. I'm going to stick with your first suggestion and call mine the STEM center. Because I have a lot of STEM kits I put in the, in the block center. Lakeshore has a lot of little um, cool kits that I got on Donors Choose for nursery rhymes and fables and things that I put in the block center. So now my STEM center, <laughs> and because you need a lot of space for the STEM, also known as block center, I usually make it adjacent to the carpet area because during center time and free choice time, the carpet really isn't used for anything else. And so, so I always they can have like spread a out into the whole group area with whatever they're building. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes a nice area that is kind of portable because I don't really need space for it because they're going to use the carpet. So when you're setting up your classroom, how do you organize the stuff in your classroom? I could really use some help. You got any tips for me? <laughs> well... I have a lot of file cabinets. <laughs> yes, you do. How many filing cabinets do you have? Well, I could have had way more. I kicked a whole bunch out because I brought four of my own, and that classroom had four, so I could have had eight. If my classroom wasn't the size of a shoebox, <laughs> I would have kept them all. <laughs> but I kept my four, and I kept one of theirs, and my four file boxes are all are all organized by skills so I have all of my rhyming games together all of my beginning sound games together and so forth and then I have one that is my math I have all my identifying numbers all my matching quantity and so I have it organized by skills 
I have three file cabinets with reading games and one file cabinet with math games. And then the other file cabinet, I have three drawers of listening centers, the old cassette ones that um, you buy on Scholastic that now come on CD. I still love the cassettes because those tape players are pretty cheap and kids can manipulate them really well. I, I just have a blue sticker and a green sticker and a, so they go and they push the blue, which is the rewind, and then when it pops up and the numbers stop moving, then they push the green for going. And so because kids are able to use it so easily on their own, and it's a technology that is actually new to them, <laughs> and so they're kind of excited by it, I really like um, using that. Have you ever tried just using an iPod? I, use, I, I, have, I get out the iPods and let them listen to QR books, uh, videos that are on YouTube. And we should do a whole thing on how to well, we, make We could talk more about QR listening phones. centers later, but for anybody listening right now. For, well, you... anybody that's listening, you just go to um, Google and Google QR code reader, how to make your own QR codes. And Google actually has probably my favorite one. And... You just go to YouTube and find somebody reading a story. Then you put it through SafeShare so that it takes all the commercials out and keeps it safe. And then SafeShare will give you a link that you put on into the QR code. And then it makes a little QR code for you to print. And then you just tape the QR code to the book? Well, I don't know. You don't need a book because I'm just doing books oh, that it's, are being it's read. Because it's they're visual. showing the book. Yeah, and yeah. so I just make the cards, like um, if I do everything thematically. So I will do bear books, and so I'll find a bunch of bear books, and I'll take actually take the picture of the book and put on the back of the QR code and then laminate them, and then I just have a tub full of bear books. And then and they can, just they pick can choose. And then watch yeah, the they video. can pick one because they can see what the book looks like by on the back side, and then they uh, click on the QR code, and then they'll get that little video. And once in a while, one or two turn up not working, and I just tell the kids that if it doesn't work, make sure you give it to me, and I usually just throw them in the garbage because something happened to the link and. So that's why I told you, because you love to read books, to start reading books on our YouTube channel so that I know that they won't go anywhere, <laughs> because we'll have them. So maybe oh, I'll get I Lindsay to do that project. About that. I would love to read books out loud. I love reading books out loud, but I'm just not sure how I feel about that, because it's somebody else's work, and I don't know how to get permission from everybody to read their books out loud. I don't know. If anyone listening knows what the rules are about recording yourself reading books on YouTube. <laughs> they must seem... be. If you're just reading wanna... the book. I mean, uh, there's millions of them on YouTube. I know there's so. millions of them on YouTube, but that doesn't. Okay, so if anybody knows the rule, please let Lindsay know. 
because she reads books beautifully and we all want her to read books so we can make QR codes. (laughs) Thanks mom. Well we know for sure I can't read any Dr. Seuss's books because we know Dr. Seuss's estate is litigious. Yeah don't read a Dr. Seuss book. I'm not doing that. Or Pete the Cat. He's pretty sticky too. See I can understand because he has his own official videos so he doesn't want people to uh-huh. And you can find lots of those. You can find lots of those to do QR codes for. So it's the ones that usually get corrupt or people that are just reading them. They change their um, length for one mm-hmm. reason or the other. But last year, I think I probably did 200 books and three turned up not working. So I think you're pretty safe doing it this way. So, what what were we talking uh, what about? Were we talk- <laughs> oh, so there's that's two ways you can do a listening center. You can use the old-fashioned cassettes or CDs, and I have wireless headphones that I got from Lakeshore, which I that love. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so I can get some scoop chairs or pillows, and the kids can basically go anywhere, you know, out of the way of other children. <laughs> <coughs> In other centers, they can go and listen to the book. So I would say if you're going to do it that way, invest in listening centers that are headphones that are wireless. And then there's also what you're saying. You can take your cassettes and change them to MP4s. Yeah, Yeah, I guess they'd probably be MP4s. See, here's what I was thinking. You know how those cassettes are always so short? They're like three or four or five minutes long at the most. And I really want the kids to spend more time listening to stories than that. So I thought maybe I could copy the old cassettes onto the computer and then add in some other versions of someone reading the story just from that I find from YouTube to extend the time that they're listening to stories maybe. That was my thought. I'm going to try to make work. I think that's a great idea. I just have, um, I have the time written on all of my cassettes, so I know how much time. And so I usually link it to another center. So the listening center, if it's a shorter book, they're going to have two jobs at that center. They're going to have to do the listening center and then go go read the room or poetry center or the big book center and so I have two things linked together another thing is um, taking care of your manipulatives I think that investing in those sterilite containers I really like those kind of thin ones they're about three inches thick by eight by eleven ish and then they have a lid that snaps around it I really like those. They fit perfectly on most shelves, and they they stack about four high, three or four high, depending on the shelves. And I really like storing all of my materials neatly. I put all of my reading materials together, and I put, like, my alphabet materials on one shelf, my CBC words, my rhyming, and I try to organize them as much as I can so that when I need to grab a certain tool or manipulative you know I'm not hunting and and usually I make little labels and signs for all of my 
little totes. So I think that spending some extra time organizing yourself and organizing your materials will pay off in the long run. I think it's all, I just came into a new classroom and there's a lot of materials already in the classroom, but I don't know exactly how I'm gonna organize it or what exactly is in there, but I felt like I had to take everything out of every cupboard and every box and find out at least what's in there. And I, I made a giant mess, but I felt like I had to know what was in there so that I could, mm-hmm. so that I well, could use do. it. Like there were some big totes of math manipulatives from programs and they hadn't ever been opened, but I opened them up and took them out and I found Unifix cubes, which I thought I was going to have to buy, but they happened to be there. So that was useful. Oh, good. Cause you needed some. I know. All I had was linking cubes. Oh, I can't stand them. Five-year-olds can't use them. I hate them so much. But I just wanted to make sure I knew what was there and then put it back in a way where I could find stuff that I needed later on in the year and get rid of the stuff I knew for sure I'd never use, even though my teacher instinct said, (laughs) don't ever throw anything away. I think probably we should have started with that. I think the very first thing you need to do when you're going into a new room is to go through the stuff in the room. <laughs> well, then welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk, where we present your information in reverse order. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're taking Step notes, one. put this way back at the top. <laughs> go through this stuff. Hey, one, one thing that someone taught me early on in my career was when you're going through the stuff in a classroom, the stuff you don't want for sure, throw out. The stuff you can use, of course, keep. And the stuff that maybe you might use, put it in a box and then just label it. And see if you ever open the box. (laughs) Uh And if you don't open the box, by the end of the year, take the box to the garbage can. And I actually did that. And it was the best advice anybody gave me because... I didn't need it. I didn't know what was in there. Your teacher instinct is you don't want to throw anything good out. But because I'd never, I couldn't remember what was in it. I had never opened it. I didn't need it. And goodbye. (laughs) I just sent it out to the goodwill pile. That's good advice. I could probably use that advice in my own personal life too. (laughs) Yeah. If I haven't used this and I don't even remember what it is, then I probably don't need it. Well, I think we're about out of time, and we haven't really talked about the first weeks of school. I guess we're going to have to make this a two-parter. So next time we'll talk about the first weeks of school and management for the first days and stuff. How's that sound? I like that because I have a lot of tips that will help you stay sane through the first Hmm. weeks of school. When you're holding a bunch of corks underwater and herding kittens. (laughs) Yes. Yes, so I think that that will be a great one to do as a follow-up to this podcast. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find out more about us at kindergartenkiosk.com, and you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. If you have any teacher friends that you think would be a great guest on the podcast who could talk about a topic that they're really a pro at, then please email us and tell us about them, and we'll... We'd love to hear from them. We'd love to have them on the podcast to share their wisdom with us all. 
Well, thanks, everyone. I hope you have a great time setting up your classroom. If you're new to a classroom, new to a grade level, or if you're just going back to your old classroom, you always want to kind of rethink how you have things organized and set up. And sometimes if you even make little changes to your classroom, it gives yourself more of a fresh start. So happy setting up the room, everyone. <laughs> yeah, everybody enjoy that because uh, we certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?